It was forty years ago today, well, roughly, that this book first appeared. It came out in 1968, and I never thought it would still be in print all these years later. The bulk of the book is how it was then, fresh from their mouths, unchanged, unvarnished, a record of what they were thinking and doing in the 1960s, and how they got there. It's now looked upon as what's called a primary source, which mainly seems to mean that others feel free to lift quotes and stuff from it, because, of course, so many of the characters are no longer around to give interviews. I've resisted the temptation to rewrite or change the original book, polish and burnish it with the benefit of hindsight, which always makes us all cleverer and smarter than we were at the time. But here, at the beginning of the book, I have added new material, trying to bring their story roughly up to date and reflect recent events, and also to explain how I got to write the book in the first place. Then at the end I've added some notes and thoughts on people mentioned in the book whom I met, both when doing the book and later, but who are now dead. In preparing to do this new edition, I was looking through my old Beatles archives and records and memorabilia, which of course are growing all the time, as I'm still a mad daft collector of anything Beatley, when I came across a handwritten lyric I had completely forgotten about. It's in George's handwriting, which all true Beatles fans will recognise, but it's not a song that he ever recorded, or perhaps even put music to, as far as I can discover. On the reverse side are instructions on how to reach Brian Epstein's country house in Sussex, written in Brian's hand, which he had presumably given to George. So as a piece of Beatles memorabilia, it has double interest. George's eight lines are as follows, as he wrote them. I'm happy to say that it's only a dream when I come across people like you. It's only a dream, and you make it obscene with the things that you think and you do. You're so unaware of the pain that I bear and jealous for what you can't do. There's times when I feel that you haven't a hope, but I also know that isn't true. There's only one crossing out, a stray S on the first that, which would suggest it wasn't the first draft. I'm sure in a final draft he would have inserted the missing apostrophes in words like your, as of course he did go to grammar school. It reads a bit like teenage angst, perhaps written some years earlier, and which he happened to have lying around the day I asked him for an example of his writing. I now can't remember when exactly he gave it to me, or what he said about it, but working back, it must have been sometime early in 1967 when I visited him at his house in Isha. He would then have been aged 23 or 24. I had asked John and...